Well, good morning, Identity Church. I so appreciate y'all coming out on this rainy Sunday morning. I mean, it was coming down so hard out there. I mean, we were all drenched trying to get in here. So, you know, I was going to preach on Noah's flood, but I thought maybe that would just be a little bit too too on the nose. You know what I mean? No. Um, we're going we're gonna to kind of continue in the same vein of what Heather was teaching on last week about your authority. Um, the last like nine weeks or so, we've been teaching on faith. We were, we were talking about how to choose life. Well, we went through, I'm talking about, we covered faith in, inwards, outwards, upside down, back and forth. If you want to know about faith, go back and listen to all those. But Heather hit it on the nose last week about authority. And, you know, she hit some very good areas that I thought that, that was great for us to understand. But what I want us to do is I want us to take that further into the house. Like, you know, we can, we can talk about the what's all day long. We can talk about what the Bible says. We can talk about how the Bible has been, you know, interpreted. Oh, my gosh. We, I'm not even going to go there. We, we had, a, we had a, an experience this week where, um, where there's a denomination that put out, like, a whole thing in a... I guess it was like uh, some sort of um, literature, and we were reading it, and it was it was absolutely awful. Do you know that there are more five dollar words that men has created to try to explain away God's word? You know, there's a, there's scriptures in the word that says that that it's that you can be so worldly minded. That it strips the cross of its power. You know that when we try to explain God's word away, then that's a problem. Now, I love it when people break down the Greek and they tell you this is what this word means because they're wanting to expound on how awesome that scripture was. I get that. But when you actually create, and there was like five, six pages of stuff trying to, trying to do away with scriptures. And I'm just like, wow, there's a whole lot of words there that really just means your opinion. And see, that's what I want people to understand is that when we walk by faith, we don't just walk by faith in anything. Like, I can't come up here and go, well, I'm going to be a millionaire. You know, I used to think that. I used to think, oh, well, God's going to bless me with a million dollars. No, God may go talk to somebody about giving me a million dollars, okay? But God does not create money. How many people understand that? Do you know that that's a man-made thing, money? I mean, money is something that we created to barter with. God said, go till the ground and go get your stuff. See, that's why our society is really messed up sometimes. Is because we don't understand things like seed, time, and harvest. We go to our car, get in it, and go to Publix, and there it is. Ta-da! And then we pull our wallets out and we or credit cards and we let the bank hold on to that money for a little while. But however we do it, we don't understand planning stuff. We don't understand the authority that God gave us in the ground. You know that his word does not return void. And you know, whenever we plant seeds, if we fertilize it and we water it, well then guess what's going to happen? We're going to have a harvest. Well, most of the time, what we're looking for is the fast food version of that. You know, Heather and I went, uh, Heather and I and Caleb, we went and ate Friday night. We were in a long line going to Freddy's. And, you know, the, the person on the other side of the, you know, that was talking to me through the speaker said, please have your money ready for me when you get around. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm ordering my concrete. The pumpkin pie concrete, by the way, is really good. Okay. 
I, I'm not getting paid by Freddie, so, I, you know, no endorsement here. But what I want you to understand is, is that I felt like the Holy Spirit told me something right then. The Holy Spirit said, you are paying with mammon. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And that basically means that when I pay for that concrete, if I go and pay for the hot dogs that we have back here, that I'm not putting my faith in the actual money. See, most people put the faith in their money. See, God created us with authority so we could go get a job. God gave us the authority so we could go have favor in the land. God gave us authority to when we go plant a seed, that it's seed, time, and harvest. You may go, I don't want that to happen. I like just being able to pull my money out. Well, what if you don't have the money? I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. There's been plenty of times in my life where there was less money in the in the account, then there was bills coming in. And you know, Heather and I would say no in the name of Jesus, because we're speaking Jesus. I love the song this morning. We would speak the name of Jesus, and then the next thing you knew is that we were able to pay our bills. God would show us ways to do it. Do you know that people would give us stuff? I wouldn't even ask for it. Well, heck, if, if somebody comes along and gives you food, now you can use your grocery money to be able to go pay your light bill. That's awesome. And people go, oh, well, God's not looking out for me. No, God is trying to get you stuff. God is trying to get your authority to work. God wants you to speak the name of Jesus. God wants you to bless the situation. God wants you to plant a seed. God wants you to be responsible for doing something. It's called faith. You know that when we have, when we have God's word on something, we can plant it. A word is a seed. So if I know God's word, I can plant that into an area in my life. Come on, guys. Can I get an amen on that? See, I believe that there's too many times that we plant words of goodness of his word into our hearts. And then we go and we rip it up by the other words that we speak. You know, a lot of times we think I'm just being funny. Now, I, this is not a, I'm, I'm wanting you to be a confession police person, okay? We're going to talk more about confession and what that means to us. But what I want you to understand is the intent of your heart. Because a lot of times we sow things and we do it because we don't really believe it, but we sow it anyway. And there's a problem with that. There's a problem with sowing a seed when you didn't put it in the ground. It's a problem with sowing the seed if you're not going to water it. I'm telling you guys, this may make more sense if you don't get it right this minute as I go through this. But I want you to understand is that if you plant a seed and you don't water it, there will be no harvest. If you plant a seed and you don't fertilize it, there will be no harvest. If you go to that point, you will be sitting there hungry however many months later. Because you didn't plant the seed and then water it. See, this is the beauty of what we have to understand. When we bless, it's not a one-time thing. When God blessed us, it wasn't a one-time thing. His word is eternal. It continues over and over and over again. So what I want you guys to get out of this message today is that since you've heard about the faith messages, you heard Heather's authority message. If you haven't heard any of those, we got it all online. Go look at it. But what I want you to know is that how do you apply it today is going to mean something. We're about to go through some of the worst times, I believe, that is going to happen in history.
And you may be sitting there going, well, what do you know? I don't know exactly everything that's going to happen. But I do know this. We can't continue going down this path the way that we're going. Let me ask you guys a question. This is a very physical type thing. I'm not even getting spiritual here. How many people, if you, if you had four credit cards with $10,000 limit and you went and put $40,000 worth of credit card debt out there, and now you got to go pay $5,000 a month, how many people can live that way? Anybody? Anybody's able to do that? That's where we're, that's where we're going as a country. By the way, that's where we're going as a world. I'm not trying to scare anybody because the power in the name of Jesus outshines all of that. I can speak the name of Jesus and I can put something in the ground that will grow, that will supersede what the world sees. Guys, I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've believed it. We've made it through Heather and I went through the dot-com bomb. We went through the housing crisis. We went through everything, and we didn't lose anything because we spoke the name of Jesus. I want you to understand that speaking the name of Jesus gives you the ability to say, I've got authority to plant that seed. I've got authority to water that seed. Because you're going to need it in every aspect of your life. I'm going to go ahead and get started. I know I opened up that way. I want you guys to be ready to receive this. Can I plant a seed in you? Can I get an amen? I'm going to plant a seed this morning. Here we go. You are a blesser. I'm I'm speaking and confessing that over you. You are a blesser. You will have the opportunity to not only plant seeds in people, but to plant seeds in your own heart. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about the blessing and the cursing. Because a lot of times people don't understand what a blessing and a curse is. In James 3, 1 through 6, it says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Oh, believe me. See, I'm not so much worried about the judgment of God on my life as a teacher. You know... I've been more judged by my teachings, by people. See, there, there, is no, there is no who here. It's all. If I say something wrong, God's going to get on me, okay? And he's going to go, go correct it. In fact, I said something wrong a couple months ago. And I mean, I had a, and it was not even really a big deal. My mom even, t- I called her crying. And I I fixed it the next week, but it was so impactful to me because I don't want to say anything that's out of line. Because I know that there's not only God going, hey, you can fix this, but that was wrong. But there's going to be people that are going to go, you're wrong, and I shut you off. And see, I'm going to tell you straight up, I have to toughen up, but I also have to become sensitive to the fact that the Holy Spirit is going to use me to be able to plant seeds. And if I plant seeds, there's going to be some dirt that's going to be kicked up. You know that when you plant seeds, you're going to have to kick some rocks out of the way. You know when you plant seeds, you're going to have to get dirty. So there's a stricter judgment that comes along. There's going to be people that are going to come after you. Because you're completely changing their harvest. I'm telling you guys, you guys want to know how how bad it is? When we started this church, and I put a thing out on Facebook, and I put it out to the community, I paid money. I got attacked because Heather was listed as a pastor up under my name. You know, I got attacked by people that are church around here. I got attacked by people. I got attacked by atheists. I can handle the atheists. The atheists are just dumb. I mean, atheists are the dumbest people ever. You know why? Because all they do is they go, there is no God. But I believe in some sort of 
miracle that happened at the center of the universe that created all of this and out of chaos became order. Man, you got some faith. You got some faith in dumbness. Because at the end of the day, God is pulling us all together to understand this one thing. Whatever we plant, it's going to grow. There is no randomness to that. When he set in motion the stars and the, the moons and the planets and everything, and then he put us on here, there was no randomness. I mean, these chairs that you're sitting in just didn't coalesce together out of randomness. No, there was an intelligent design. There was people that created the chair. Well, guess what? Who created the people? Oh, that's, that's one that doesn't, that doesn't go very well with an atheist. But I'm going to tell you straight up, judgment is going to come whenever you use Jesus. Whenever you teach somebody the right thing, there's going to be Jesus. And then there's going to be judgment. And it says in verse 2 of James chapter 3, it says, For we all stumble in many things. And anyone that does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man or woman, able to bridle the whole body. Okay, that's an amazing statement. Basically, if you are able to stand on word and deed, then you're perfect in God's eyes. You know, one of the things that I think, you know, David was a man after God's own heart. Do you know that he did bad things and he made mistakes, but his words did not change. You know, David, from the time he was a boy all the way until he died, he said the same thing. God is the God of Israel. God blesses Israel. And God is going to bless me because of Israel. He didn't change. Saul changed. All these other people changed. But David didn't change. Do you know why? It's because his words. Nope, I believe the word. You keep saying the wrong thing. I know what's happening out there with those Philistines. I know they're out there. I know that things are going on out there that are bad. But those uncircumcised Philistines, which means the uncoveted Philistines has no, has no rights here. How many people the last time something bad happened to you in your life, you went, you know what, Satan, you don't have any rights here in my body, in my house, in my family. You know what? I say it every day. Every day. I wake up and something goes on or, hey, we got to go pay a bill or we got to go do something. You know what, Satan, you don't have right to mess with my family, my finances, and my future. You do not have a right. You know why? It's because Jesus gave us all authority and he gave us the Holy Spirit. In fact, it says here in verse 3, Indeed, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turned their whole body. This is amazing. If you've never understood this scripture, essentially you've never seen a horse. An 1,800-pound horse can be, can be moved. His whole body can be moved by the smallest man, woman, child that you can ever find. And they just, all they got to do is just pull the head here or there. Do you know that this is what our words do for us? Our words change our body. I'm making that statement again. Our words change our body. It changes our mind. It changes our direction. It changes where we go. Whatsoever things that you say when you believe them, you shall have them. Well, guess what? If I believe and I say something, then I'm going to go in a direction. And some people may go, well, yeah, I'll believe that. That's what's in the word. Well, how many times do you say, how many times do you say, oh, well, I believe Jesus has got the best plan for me and my family? 
But then 15, 20 minutes later, you took your, bra, your, your little bit out of, out of the bridle and you, you started going, well, you know, Aunt Sarah so-and-so, every time she shows up, it just blows up the whole family. It's because of these people over here or those things over there that we're not, never going to get we're never going to get past our situation. That's two different words. Because you either have the bit and the bridle of saying God's word or you have the bit and bridle of saying what the world says. Cuz you can't have a double-sided mouth. It doesn't work. You'll always follow what you believe. Because I can get everybody in here to go, do you believe that Jesus can change your situation? I can get up here and get the Pentecostal thing. Hallelujah. How about your situation? We're going to get that thing changed. And everybody goes, amen. Then you leave out of here and you go, my situation didn't change. Well, you know what's going to happen? Is that you're speaking two different things. The one you believe is the one that's going to come to pass. Guess what? That's the one that you usually speak. Just being honest, I'm going to move on there before I get stoned, okay? (laughs) Verse 4, it says, Look also at a ship. Although it is so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot desires, he's able to turn this ship. And it says, even so the tongue is a little member and boast of great things. See how great a forest, a little kindled fire can have. So I can set a small fire in the midst of a forest and it can turn into a big fire. I mean, we actually saw this a couple of years ago up in Gatlinburg, right? I mean, what, seven, eight years ago? One ember came out of a come out of like a, a, a fire they were having, high winds, and it started burning one tree, and then it burned ten trees, and then it been, burned a thousand. Within three hours, it moved across all the Smoky Mountains there around Gatlinburg, Sevierville, and all that. In fact, if you go to Gatlinburg right now, most of the stuff you see is brand new. It's been built within the last three years. We went last year uh, up there. It was awesome. But you know what I also noticed? That a seed also reproduces. There's trees where all that stuff was burnt. Do you know that, that no matter what fire comes against you and tries to take you out, as long as you keep planting the right seeds, you will have a good harvest. That's, that's just truth. It says in verse 6 here, it says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among the members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it sets on fire by hell. Do you know that if you want hell in your life, how many people knows that there is a heaven and hell, right? I can get an amen just about anywhere from anyone about that. Unless I go to the, you know, agnostics or any of the universal churches and then they go, no, we don't believe in that. But I can say there's a heaven and a hell. Everybody goes, yes. But how about let's not start heaven and hell early. Or let's, let's have heaven but not hell. You know, there's some people that's going to go to heaven, but they had hell on earth. Let's not do that. Can we, can we have heaven here and heaven there? That's what I'm looking for. Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That means that the moment that I got life through Jesus Christ, I got life from now until eternity. It means I'm not waiting around for heaven. I can make heaven on earth. If any two shall agree on earth, that it shall be done as it is in heaven. We're bringing heaven to earth. Whenever I agree with Jesus, there's two people. You know, a lot of people go, well, I don't have a wife like you do that believes and, and, you know, you're able to get an agreement with. And I go, you got Jesus, don't you? 
You know, when it says any two, and I think it's like in uh, Matthew 15, it says that, that Jesus is in the midst. It means he's agreeing. He's with you. How many people know that no matter if you got somebody with you or you don't, Jesus is there agreeing with his word. Amen. Amen for that. By the way, hot ones, if you ever watch that show, sometimes you've got to turn it off because there's a lot of cussing. But these guys will like burn their mouths off. And this is like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he's a wrestler. They made him cry. It was that bad. He was eating hot wings with like, you know, ghost peppers. I think I think that's something that you would like a lot. So James 3, 7 says, For any kind of beast and bird, of reptile, of creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and curses. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send up forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? This is where it gets really, really interesting, guys. Because most of the time we don't see ourselves as the person who is sabotaging our harvest. But this is, this is a verse that is specifically telling us that we can absolutely destroy our own harvest. Verse 12 says, Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Do you know that I put up here what these blessed and cursed is? You got eulogia. In fact, that's where we get the word eulogy from. You know, we'll have a funeral and somebody will get up there and they'll give a eulogy. And, you know, even if the person was the worst person you could ever think, they're going to find something, you know, to, to say good about them. Because it's supposed to be something that you don't want to leave like, well, they were just a no good, sorry, son of a gun. Well, if you look at the way we do with our blessing and our curses, most of the times we say lies in order to have something that is just nice. Can I just be nice about the situation? In fact, I was talking to Betty a little bit this morning. You know, there's churches all over America that in order to be nice, they're using the word kind. But do you know that kindness, uh, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse, I think, 2 or 3, where it says that, it says that patience is kindness. So being kind is not, I've got to agree with you. Kindness is, I'm just patient with you. Okay, you keep saying the wrong thing. You keep acting the wrong way. You keep doing things that, that are against the way I believe. I'm going to be patient with you. That is as kind as you can get, is to have patience. But see, most people are looking at kindness, and they're looking at, oh, and especially some of these churches, well, we don't want to talk about sin. We don't want to talk about if somebody, you know, if, if somebody goes against Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 23, you know, homosexuality and transgenderism and um, drugs and alcohol. And I mean, we just keep going down the list of, of all the things that are out there that uh, abortion. Oh, we've got to we got to make a place for people who want to to want to abort babies. Because that's kind. No, that's stupid. Because if you don't speak the truth, you didn't plant a seed. And if you didn't plant a seed, then there can be no harvest. This is truth. And if you plant truth, you will have truth. I actually know two people. I mentioned this to Betty. One person decided to go with their kids. Both kids became um, homosexual. I, I don't even know. They... They went through a lot of phases, but their, their kids 
They decided, I'm going to go with them. They became bitter at the church. They became bitter at everybody. So these parents decided, I'm going to go with my kids on this. And I'm going to say that everything's good. Well, they became bitter. But I also know another lady that said, no, I'm going to keep preaching the truth. And I'm going to keep telling them that I love them. Because I do. Well, you know what? Their kids came back. Their kids actually said, hey, I... I'm having issues, mom. Well, you know what? She kept planting truth. And when you keep planting truth and seed time and harvest kicks in, guess what? No matter how much they poison it, you just come back and put another seed in there. See, if I just keep coming back and I keep putting another seed, then something's going to grow because they're eventually going to get tired of killing the seed. Well, this is the problem that we have in the church is that if we don't speak the truth, then people don't get a harvest. And that's what we see across churches throughout America right now is that there are people who are saved and stuck and they're going to go to heaven. Maybe some of them may or may not. But I'm going to tell you the next generation of people, if we don't continue to preach truth, they'll just say, why do I even need church? It's already starting to happen. People that are in my kids' age group are not going to church anymore. I don't need church. Eh, I've got a guy that I work with. He said, well, if I had kids, I'd take them to church. <laughs> yeah, I don't need it, but, you know, they do. I went and did all that stuff when I was three, four, five years old. And everything's good with me now. And then I look at their life and I go, no, it's not. Your life is full of just constant strife. You know that when we plant a seed, it's going to plant peace. It's going to grow a harvest. See, our tongue can either cause life to grow or it can kill our crops. You know, cursing is means to damn or condemn. You know, I, I was talking a little bit with Sonia about this. I, I work with people from all over the country. And there's some people that work um, in, with me, you know, we, we've had discussions because I used to think that cursing was cussing, you know. Well, if you used a four-letter word, well, then, my gosh, you're a, you know, you're, you're just completely out, out of bounds. Well, I, I will tell you this. There are cultures within our society that they use cuss words, that their mother used cuss words, that their grandmother used cuss words. Their whole family used cuss words, okay? And there was no intent behind any of their cuss words. Now, is it rude for them to use cuss words? Absolutely. They weren't taught right, okay? I'm not saying everybody start cussing. Let, let's have Tuesday night cuss out, okay? No. What I'm saying is, is that I now know what cursing is versus cussing. Because the intent of the heart, if I, say, if I say something to you and I'm just using a word that has no meaning, I used it in, you know, we, we use the word, you know, like, um, you, know, you know, crap. I'll just use that. I know that was awful. Oh, my gosh. But if I use that word and I go, oh, crap, I forgot. I forgot to go and do this for church or, or for whatever. Do you know that there was no intent behind that? I didn't go and, and say, well, I'm, I'm cursing the people or I'm cursing the place that I didn't go get this from. No, it was my, it was my way of going, I need to go do something. I forgot, right? See, Cursing has to do with me condemning something. So if I, you know, I've known people throughout my life. Uh, there was a friend of mine a long time ago. He actually almost lived with us for, for the longest period of time, Shane. Anyway, he came from a really bad home life, lived with his grandparents. But his parents talked to him horribly said some of the meanest things. And you know, 
what was what was bad about that was that this guy was super talented. He's the one that taught me how to play guitar. Super talented. But there were certain things that his dad or his mom had said to him that it caused him to have a complex. How many people's had a complex about something? For the longest time, I had a complex about this right here. I'm gonna tell you, you know, somebody, uh, my my daughter Kaylee. She if you go. If you go to a dermatologist, they'll tell you, hey, take your shirt off. Said that men over the age of like 45 to 50 go, you want me to take my shirt off? <laughs> they got a complex, right? But see, this is what I want you to understand is that in all of these things that we had, that we have complexes about, it's because somebody gave us that complex. Or we gave that complex to ourselves because we kept speaking oh, man, I look bad without a shirt on. Or, oh, you know, every time I sing, you know, I can't sing in public. I can't sing with people around. And then somebody hears you sing and they go, hey, you can carry a tune. You're like, oh, I, I thought it was funny. I know this is going to be a little bit crass, but I, I'm going to go with it anyway because when it happened last night, I was like, this is a funny, I'm going to tell it. There's a guy I went to school with years ago that y'all actually... Uh, went to church, the Brakes. Eric Brake put this thing out. He went to the Alabama game. And there's these troughs that are in the, the men's room that are urinals. It's like big bathtubs. And men just go in there and stand. Well, the comments, when he like took a picture of it, the comment was, oh, I can't use those. I, you know, I'm just too pee shy or whatever. And I thought to myself, I thought to myself, oh my gosh. Hey, I, I'm going to tell you, you know, it, it's, a, it's a fact that you go to the Alabama football games and you basically pee in a bathtub, okay? Heather's going to move on. But, <laughs> but I want you to understand that, that this is a, there's people that are like so shy I can't pee around people. I can't sing around people. I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, you know what? That's a complex. You've condemned yourself to believe that. I know y'all aren't going to get over that one very fast. But do you know that this is the problem that we have in, in our own bodies? This is the problem that we have in our families, this is the problem that we have with our friendships and in our work environments, is that we have complexes that keep us from moving on. We have, we have you know, complexes that keeps us from, you know, you either pee or get off the pot. That's, that is where we have to understand is that we move past whatever this is. We have to move past it. Because you're going to have complexes that's going to pop up all the time. Stuff that you heard when you were a kid. You were condemned either yourself or someone else. You've got to move past it. And you know what? The word is there through blessing to say you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. You know, when I had ADD and dyslexia and I didn't pass, I, I, did, I did not get a high school diploma. Okay, I had to go get a GED later. And in 11 years, I went from GED to master's degree. But I'm going to tell you, this is what happened. I had a complex when it came to reading. I would read something and you'd say, what did you just read? And I would go, a bunch of words. I don't remember. Because my ADD caused me to go, I can read the words, but I can think about something else over here. So I never connected it and so I would have people tell me oh well yeah I mean I lost a football scholarship because of it now I don't feel bad for me I turned out okay <laughs> but my, my whole point behind this is the fact that I had a complex you know when that one word when it became alive to me it became a rhema word a God-spoken word to me, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. It changed me. I was so, I was so like, I have no future, I have no hope. 
and it said, what do you want to do? What's in your heart? What's the desire that's in your heart? You know, the, I went from being condemned to being blessed within weeks. I asked Heather. I remember telling her, I was like, I think God spoke something to me. I've never heard God speak anything to me. And she goes, what did he speak? I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Well, you know what? God's speaking that to y'all. It's in his word. It is his word to you. You know, it's a love letter, if you will, of God's un, I mean, his dying hope. He said his own son, Jesus, to completely break an old covenant and give us a new one. Do you know that, that and, and I get it. Believe me, I do. You may be going, well, Dusty, I, that's all I've ever thought for however many years I've been alive. This is just the way it's been. My family's always been, I'll throw it, poor, or I've never had friends, or I've, and I can go through a list, and somebody's going to go, yeah, that's me. One of them's going to be you, because I still have things that I'm condemned over, that when I have them hit me, I have to go, no, God's word says this about me. You know, one of the hardest things about starting a ministry is the fact you don't know if anybody's going to show up. You don't know if you're actually going to help somebody. You don't know if there's going to be anything that's, that is going to be relevant to what God told you is going to happen. And you know, one of the things that, that God keeps putting in my life is people like y'all. And y'all come and go, hey, that was good. Well, hey, I now am getting to a point to where even if you said, hey, Dusty, I didn't like that one little thing that you said, I'm still okay with the fact that I did what God told me to do. But when I first started doing this five, six years ago, and I, I, would, I would ask Heather, are you sure that was okay? I said that, and do you, you know, I just felt like the Holy Spirit won. And she'd go, it was fine. It was good. But do you know that I was condemned to my own self because I'd only seen other people. You know, the call of God that's on other people's lives, we always raise them up. And we always go, well, my call's somewhere well, well under this. You know, some of the greatest ministry of helps people will have done more than the Billy Grahams and the Kenneth Hagans and, the, and any of them because they've actually went and touch people's lives in different ways. You know that being a blesser means that I speak into people's life the truth of God's word. You know, you guys can go and affect more people than I'll ever affect. The multiplication of what's, what could happen in here could cause, could cause a complete revival. See, that's what we have to understand is that the tongue... It gives us either life or it gives us death. In fact, Proverbs chapter 8, I always kind of pull these together whenever I'm, I'm looking at this because the Lord just keeps showing me that our mouth and what we confess has a, has a pointed purpose. And it says in Proverbs 8, 6 through 13, it says, Listen, for I speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth, wickedness and abomination to my lips. All the, the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked and perverse is in them. Look, hey, that's a great confession. You know what? I, I, I need to say this more. Because when I speak, whatever I believe, I need to speak it. And not what I think is going to make the person feel good. I need to speak truth. And you know what? I need to be, I need to be kind. I need, to, I need to have patience with people. But do you know that at the end of the day, this is a truth. That excellent things can come out of our mouth. That we can believe them and that we can see them come to pass in our own life and in other people's lives. It says in verse 9, And they are plain to him who understands, 
and write to those who find knowledge. You're going to speak to some people and you're going to say something that is in God's word and they're going to go, that makes more sense than anything. You know that truth is always plain. If you're having to explain it away, it wasn't truth. You were trying to find the way to make that, that false a truth. Receive my instructions and not silver and acknowledge rather the acknowledge and knowledge rather than choice, choice gold for wisdom is better than rubies and all of these things uh, one may desire cannot compare with her so i want you to understand you can have wisdom that is better than gold choice rubies all of these other things just by speaking simple truth you know wisdom is not uh, most of the time we hear wisdom and we go, oh, that was deep. Oh, that was deep. No, it wasn't deep. It was just truth said in a way that sounded flowery. How many people know that Shakespeare and, and all these other people who wrote all these books and people are well read by reading them, that the same truths were said by people who spoke like me? It was like, you know, if you, if you just follow Jesus, everything's going to be okay. Or somebody who says, following the grand design of our, of our divine father will make our lives more better and we will have a better life. One of them sounded like I was trying to be highfalutin. One of them was, hey, I'm just country. At the end of the day, it was all the same. Wisdom and truth are simple we don't have to try to make up something. I think it's funny. All these people who post this stuff on Facebook and there'll be memes and it'll be like these one-liners and you think about these one-liners and you're like, oh, that's a really good one-liner. All they did was they just concisely took a statement and they condensed it down into one brief sentence. Man, they're geniuses. No. Truth is simple. We follow truth. Verse 12, it says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and, and find out knowledge and, dis, and dis, what? discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance in the evil way in the perverse mouth I hate. See, I want you to understand is that a perverse mouth is not someone who is like, well, I just cussed or I told y'all potty humor this morning. Okay? No, a perverse mouth is saying something that's opposite of God's word. It's opposite of truth. A perverse mouth just means that you did not speak Jesus' words. You went and spoke the world's words. Matthew uh, chapter 15, verse 11, it says, Not that which goes out of the mouth defiles a man, but that which comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. You know, Jesus goes on to tell exactly what comes out of a man here in a little bit. So I cut that out because, I, you know, the potty humor didn't go over well. But what I want you to understand is, is that Jesus told the Pharisees, why is it that your disciples, they don't wash their hands with this cleaning ritual? And Jesus said, hey, it's not what they put in their mouth that's going to cause them a problem. It's whatever comes out of their mouth that causes them a problem. And then he goes on to tell them, he said, whatever goes in, into a person's mouth that's food, it comes out as waste. But whatever comes out of a man's mouth that's what he believes. And it says here in verse 18, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile a man. Do you know that whatever you believe, it will come out of you? I'm just telling you straight up. If you cannot help yourself but to say negative things, it's because you believe those negative things. Especially when it comes against, it goes against the word. 
And those are the kind of things that we have to root out and go plant good seeds into our heart. Because our heart is where our belief system is. All right. So this is one of, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie uh, of The Incredibles. And this is where they're being attacked. And Frozone and his wife are about to go out to dinner with some people. And this guy's attacking the city. And Frozone goes out there and he says... And he says, honey, where's my super suit? Y'all remember that movie? Have y'all ever seen Incredibles? No. Okay. My kids have and my mom. Okay. So y'all are going to get this. Okay. But, you know, she screams out. He goes, why, why do you need that? And she goes, he goes, for the greater good, woman. And he goes, greater good? I'm your wife. I'm the greatest good you ever going to get. You know that, that when I start speaking life and death, I need to understand a couple of things. In fact, Proverbs 18 gives us some of those what's about that. It says in Proverbs 18, 19, it says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the from producing of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Do you know that this is about us confessing the right things? This is about us living off of the fruit that comes out of our belief system, that comes out of what we believe and then say. Because guess what? Every time I say it, I'm producing another seed in someone else. You know, our children are a byproduct of the seeds that we put into them. You know, I, I look at it like this. You know, relationship, peace, contentment, health, and prosperity. That's all in salvation. That's all in salvation. So one of the confessions that I, I really believe that Proverbs was written like this. I'm going to tell you about something, then here's a good confession for you. Because in, in verse 22 of Proverbs 18, it says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. That's a good, that is a good confession. Hey, you can also say, He who finds a, a good husband. Amen. Amen. Hey, he who finds a good friend. I know some of y'all were like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to confess that. But see, I'm, I don't just believe that this confession here has to do with just marriage. But he who finds a good friend, he who finds a good job, finds a good thing. He who finds good family, it's a good thing. See, this is a confession that we need to be making. Not the confession of, oh, well, if I found a man... I know Vicky was like, oh, I'm not going to say that. But do you know at the end of the day, what if God said, hey, here's a good man. Hey, here's a good woman if you're looking to get married. Here's a good family. You know, I have Harper Grace as my goddaughter. Do you know I'm putting into her? You know, I love it that she's our identity kid. She comes in, we put into her. You know, the thing is, is that I found a good family. I found a, a, good, a good wife. I found good friends. I found a good job. I found a good church. I found all those, and those are great. You know that every single time in our life that we find something, it's because God put it there. God has only good things for you. And I'm going to finish with this right here because this, I love Romans 10, 10, because I think it's a descriptive. I think it's, I think Romans 10, 10 is more about telling you what your heart is than anything else. I think it's a definition for our heart. Romans 10, 10, it says for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. See, Whatever comes out of our heart, comes out of our mouth, it's either going to be righteous or it's going to be unrighteous. 
You can believe good things or you can believe bad things. But whatever you say, and I, I'm going I'm to double dog Ariel this week. If you're out there and all of a sudden you were like, yeah, I remember Dusty's sermon. And I said something that was negative about friends, family, it doesn't matter, my job, whatever it is. Then I go, wait a minute, what's in my heart about this? Because it's with, from in our heart, one believes unto right standingness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Well, we said salvation is peace and health and prosperity and righteousness. Remember a couple weeks ago I had y'all say that with me? That it's peace, say it, peace and health and prosperity and righteousness. You know that the right standingness that you have with God, you can have right standingness with people. You can plant these seeds and you can have right standingness with people. See, salvation is not about, is not just about you being saved, but it's about your whole life. It's about everything that was brought, that, that God has brought into your life. You may be going, well, I don't want all the things that God's brought into my life. Well, you keep poisoning it. And that's what you're going to get. Is you're going to get the, I don't want that. But you know that if I start speaking the name of Jesus over all of the things that have happened in my life, all the people that he's given me, if I, if I don't poison the harvest, what could it grow into? What if I did that for my body? What if I did that for my family? What if I did that for my finances? What if I did that for my job? You know, there's some of you that if you've got a job and you were speaking the name of Jesus over your job, it'd be the best thing you ever had. You'd go tell people, no, my job's better than your job. You know that my job's pretty dang good. You know, God's brought into my life many, many things. And I speak the name of Jesus over each and every one of them. I confess, you know, I wake up and I say, I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. I am the head, not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. My God walks with me. He doesn't walk against me. He brings me good things. He leaves the bad things behind me. Goodness and mercy, they follow me all the days of my life. I get up every morning and I say that because I believe it. Not because I'm trying to jimmy it up. But I believe it because I've walked in it for the last 26, 27 years. Goodness and mercy are following me. They follow my family. God has only good things for you. God wants to bless you beyond what you can ask or think. You know, I can think pretty good. I can think way beyond where I'm at right now. And he still wants to go beyond that. God is not a mocker. God brings these things to pass in our lives. You see, we have to believe them. See, I want you guys to understand what you say matters. And you can have health and peace and prosperity and righteousness. In fact, if you just woke up and said, I have health and peace and prosperity and righteousness every single morning, that would be a great confession. But I want you to believe it because it's out of the heart that men believe unto righteousness, that right standingness. In your confession, it matters because that's where the blessing is. The blessing is the moment that I start to believe it, now I got to say it. It just comes out of my heart. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want, I want you guys to think about this for one second and then we'll, we'll move on. But what are the relationships? What are the things that are in your life that you could have, that you think about right now that you said, you know what? I have been believing the worst. 
You know, I can believe that the world's going to hell and I can still believe that my world is going to go forward. See, you have to be an anchor and a rock in the midst of, of the wavy seas. You have to be the one that stands when no one else does because they're going to need an anchor and a rock. So it's one thing to say, Oh, I believe it's getting bad, but it's not getting bad for me because I'm going to be the anchor and I'm going to be the rock. What do you believe about your situation? What do you believe about the people that are in your life? There's people that are in my life that I see and I go, I am believing that they're coming out of their situation. You know, there are times in our lives where we have to be that rock and that anchor. So believe God's word so that you can have prosperity and peace and health and righteousness. Because there's going to be some people that they need you to plant the seed into their heart so that they can stand as righteous, so that they can make a confession unto salvation. Right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray over each and every person that's here. Yes, Lord, I'll do that. If you've got uh, if you've got issues in your body, I know that I've already talked to one person today that wants prayer. But if you want prayer, I'm just I feel led to to just have you come down to the front right now. If you need prayer for anything, while we play this song, Heather, would you sing this song? Amen. Jesus, sing it with me. 
your name I'm going to tell you what, one moment in Jesus' authority could change your world. It will change the way you think, it will change the way you live, it will change the way you feel. You have the power to speak the name of Jesus over your life. I can speak Jesus until you go deaf. But you're the one that has to speak the name of Jesus. And you have to believe. And you have to have authority. Because Dusty's not going to be there every single day. But you need to speak the name of Jesus over your situation. Everybody's head bowed and eyes closed. Father, I just pray over them right now. I pray, dear Lord, that... No matter their circumstance, whatever comes against them, that they will speak the name of Jesus and they will see the darkness flee. I thank you, Father, that you're going to show them ways of being able to, to push through the condemnation. And I pray in Jesus' name that you're giving them favor with people so that they can be a blesser. I thank you, dear Lord, their seed is going in the ground and that seed time and harvest is going to come to pass and that they're going to eat of the fruit, the good fruit of the blessing and not of the curse. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name. I pray over this food that we're about to receive. May it nurse your bodies. We ask you sanctify it and thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.